If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. It's been some time since we've been together, and, uh, well, I was away, and then a bit of a medical issue with... Uh, a flu, but here we are. And if I have a bit of a croak in my voice, it's because I haven't fully recovered from it, and you'll bear with me. But it's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to spend some time with you. And I can't believe it's the Shabbos before Shabbat. Oh, so much time has passed by. But here we are. And here we are to talk to each other, to share some ideas, and to listen to the Parsha of the Week, to listen to what makes this week so special and what a special Shabbos this is. First of all, we begin the new book of Bamidbar, not only a new Parsha, but an entire new book, the fourth book of the Torah. And it's a book that contains incredible, incredible dimensions of Jewish insight and Jewish life. We see the Jewish people in all sorts of situations. And as we will see during the weeks that follow, how the Jewish people go through all sorts of challenges, some they meet with greatness, and some, tragically, they meet with, well, less than greatness. But we see the Jewish people progress and move and develop and perhaps mature. A great people, a great nation, but still haven't reached their potential. And in the book of Bamidbar, we meet them, we see them, we share with them, we live with them, we are them. And we understand who and what they become as we become what they are. Bamidbar, a very special fourth book of the entire Torah. It's also Shabbos Mavarchim Sivan. We bless the new month of Sivan. And Sivan, of course, is an exceptionally special month. It's a month that, well, has the festival of Shavuot. And Shavuot is when we celebrate Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah at Sinai. And please God, this coming Thursday night is the first night of Shavuot, Friday the first day. And let me say this, and I'll say this again and again, everyone, Men, women, children, even infants should be in shul this coming Friday to hear the reading of the Aseret HaDibrot, the Ten Commandments. It's so special, each and every single Jew, to relive that incredible moment when we stood at Sinai and we heard directly from God himself the law, the Torah that he gave us. And this is why it's so important for everyone, regardless of age, regardless of situation, to be in shul this coming Friday, the first day of Shavuot. It's also Erev Rosh Chodesh. This coming Sunday is the first day, the only day of Rosh Chodesh Sivan, and it has a lot of significance, as we'll talk about soon. It's a very special Shabbos from every single point of view. Bamidbar. Bamidbar is the wilderness, the desert, a desolate place. In actual fact, you know the English translation of the fourth book of Torah, it's called Numbers. And why is it called Numbers? Because our sages refer to this fourth book, not necessarily by the name Bamidbar, but rather by the name Sefer Pikudim, the book of Numbers. Why is it then that tradition is such that we refer to it as Bamidbar? It's not only because it forms part 
of the opening sentences of the Parsha, that God spoke to the Jewish people amid Bar Sinai in the wilderness of Sinai, where Mount Sinai is, where the Torah was given. But there is extreme significance that this Parsha is called Bamidbar. In fact, the entire book is called Bamidbar. And Bamidbar is always read on the Shabbos before Shavuot because there's a special lesson there, an important lesson there. And the lesson is that the Torah was given in a wilderness, not in a beautiful garden, not in a majestic place with magnificent growth and flowers. It was given in a desolate, empty wilderness to tell us that where can a person grow and develop? A person can often say, in a comfortable situation, when life is good, when life is easy, when all is well, that's when I will begin to progress. That's when I will begin to develop. That's when I will begin to move forward and grow. No. In the most difficult situations, in a desolate, empty place, where nothing grows, a person begins to make his mark. That's where the Torah was given to tell us that this is something that we have to learn in life. Despite the greatest difficulties that we might have, despite the greatest challenges that we are given, it's precisely within those situations that the greatest opportunities lie as well. And it's precisely there that we have to make our mark. God created a beautiful world. But in the early stages of creation, unfortunately man abused and misused that beautiful world and turned it into a wilderness. And subsequently, after the patriarchs and after Moses and after revelation at Sinai, each and every one of us duty-bound to turn this wilderness again into a garden of Eden, into a magnificent, beautiful place. Yes, this is what we have to do. And this is why we call this Parsha, in fact, the entire book, not the book of Numbers. Yes, it's called the book of Numbers as well. Because, in fact, this is what the opening part of the Torah in this fourth book is all about, counting the Jewish people again. But we want to emphasize Bamidbar, the wilderness, a desolate place, because we are obligated to take the richness the greatness, the beauty, the strength, the light, the warmth, the holiness, the divinity of Torah, and transform the wilderness into a beautiful place. You know, it says in the Torah that man is born a bit of a wild animal. Man is born with all sorts of shortcomings. But the process of maturity, physically and more so spiritually, this is the journey of greatness. More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. Now, how do we go about bringing about this incredible transformation from a wilderness, a desolate place, from a midbar, into a Gan Eden, a garden of Eden, a magnificent, lush, beautiful garden? This is where Torah comes in. And this is the month of Sivan, as mentioned before. We blessed in the month of Sivan, the Shabbos, and in fact, Shabbos is Erev, Rosh Chodesh, 
Sunday being Rosh Chodesh Sivan. What's so special about the month of Sivan? Our sages tell us that the word Sivan also has a close relationship to the word Ziv, which means radiance and shine, something which brings about a flow of warmth and light. This is the month in which Torah was given. And Torah is something which brings about a flow, a radiance of light and warmth. The light and warmth of godliness. The light and warmth that brings about transformation in the world. Yes, the world can be a dark place. And what we need is divine light to indicate that which is true and that which is real. We live in a world where we often don't know, more than often, most of the time, we don't know what's real and what's false. We live in a cold world, a world of greed, a world of disunity, a world of, well, friction, a world where, unfortunately, coldness rules the day. What does Torah do? Torah, in its pure state, brings about a radiance a ziv of warmth and light. Our sages tell us that the three months, beginning with Nisan, correspond to the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And the personalities of those three reflect that which those three months stand for. Nisan relates to Abraham. The sun is the month of great miracles, the month of liberation, the festival of Pesach, Exodus. That's what Abraham was all about. What did Abraham do? Abraham brought liberation to the world. It was an idolatrous world. Almost everybody was an idol worshiper. Almost everybody was obsessed and overwhelmed by idolatry. What did Abraham do? He liberated the people from that darkness, from that terrible confusion, from that prison of non-godliness into a world of ethical monotheism, faith in God, and a way of life which was right. Nisan, which is the month of liberation and exodus, this is personified in the character and personality of Avraham. Yitzchak is Iyar. What is here? Here, as we know, each and every single day, as we have gone through this entire month, is when we count the Omer. And each and every single day we address a different dimension of human character, of our character. The seven emotions multiplied by seven, the intrinsic and detailed aspect of each and every single dimension of our lives. Who is Yitzchak? Yitzchak is known as Gvura. Yitzchak is known as the individual who works very hard with intense application at development, working on oneself, step by step, stage by stage. This is the month of year. Each and every single day we count the Omer. Step by step, stage by stage, we elevate ourselves. As the Torah says, you shall count 49 days until you come to the 50th, until you come to that great level. This is Yitzchak, Vura, the slow but steady inward development of character. And then comes the month of Sivan, which is the character of Jacob.
What's the character of Jacob is beauty and truth. It says, Titain emetli Yaakov. Yaakov is known as truth. And our sages tell us, Ein emet ele Torah. There is no truth other than Torah. Why? What is truth? Truth is a constant. Truth is something which is there in all situations. It doesn't change in time or place, in social circumstance. It doesn't stay change as a result of any external influence. The truth of Torah is permanent. The laws that were there yesterday are here today and be tomorrow. The very same laws that were given 2,000 years ago apply today. The truth of Torah is an absolute constant. And this is why it brings light into the world. It brings light into the world because it's not influenced by fashion, by mode, by circumstance, by that which is popular. Tragically, most people follow ideas that are, well, in fashion. They do this or do that because this is what people do. As they change their dress, their external appearance by that which is popular or fashionable, so they change their ideas and attitudes based on, well, popular ideas as well. Torah comes along and says, be careful. Much of that can be very harmful. Much of that can be very dangerous. Much of that can be destructive, both internally to yourself and to your society. Listen to the constants of Torah. Listen to the eternal truth of Torah, so that you shall know this is the light within the darkness that often overwhelms the world, and the warmth of Torah. The warmth of Torah which gives security and purpose, which gives a sense of truth, a sense of reality, that there is purpose to everything that you do. Otherwise, as fashions change, well, what's the meaning? It was here yesterday, it's gone, it's over. Torah says no. Each and every single thing, each and every single person has purpose, has infinite purpose. The light and warmth of Torah. It's interesting to note that each month, as we know, we often discussed this in the past, relates to a particular tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel. And the tribe that is connected with the month of Sivan, the month that we celebrate the giving of Torah, is the tribe of Zvulun. Zvulun, as every tribe, had its own flag. And the flag of Zvulun was a white flag, a white background, on which there was a picture of a ship. Because Zvulun was a great trader. He traveled a great merchant. This is what Zvulun was famous for. And Zvulun made a contract, a deal, with his brother Yisachar. Yisachar was a tribe of great scholars, men who understood Torah in great depth. They understood the deep secrets of Torah. They understood the times of Torah. Zvulun said to Yisachar, brothers and later the tribes, let's do a deal. We are merchants, you are great students. We will support your study of Torah. You sit and study the Torah as much as you can. We will support you. 
physically, materially. But we want to have the merit of the Torah study that you do. We want to share in it. We will support you physically. We want you to share with us spiritually. And this great bond, this great relationship of Zvulun and Yisachar is famous. The physical and spiritual arrangement, the bond, the great contract. But the question is raised, why is the tribe connected with the month of Sivan, the month of Torah, why is it connected to Zvulun? After all, he was a merchant, he was a trader. Why shouldn't it be with Yisachar, the scholar? After all, Torah is Chachmoto, it is the wisdom of God. Why wasn't it Yisachar that should be the tribe connected to the month of Sivan? Why Zvulun? And the answer, of course, is to tell us, first of all, those who support the study of Torah are as important as those who actually study Torah. And also to tell us that each and every single individual, no matter what he does, is an equal partner in the Torah. And the Torah was given to each and every single individual. Each and every single person. We take a look at the opening parsha of Bamidbar, and in great detail, we're told about the senses, the numbers, the various squadron of tribes that belong to each general flag. Why? Why can we just be told, this is the number, this is the number, this? why in such detail to tell us? This is the parsha which precedes the festival of Shavuot, the festival of giving the Torah. Because each and every single individual is a partner. It's not some sort of, well, general mass that is connected to Torah. But each and every single individual has a unique and special role to play to take the truth, the warmth and light of Torah and to change the wilderness into a garden of Eden. Each and every single individual. Yes, you can be a trader, a merchant that travels the high seas from one country to another. And you're not the great scholar. But you support the scholar. And you share in the study of Torah. But you have an equal portion in the study of Torah. The month of Sivan is powerful in the sense that it recognizes that each and every single individual, no matter who, no matter where, has that part that is unique to him and something which is so important. This is the great beauty of what Torah is, the truth of Torah. It applies everywhere. And to each and every single individual, no one can say, well, he has a great portion. I don't. Everyone has the same portion. Everyone has the same potential. Everyone has the same right, the same advantage. Everyone stood at Sinai. Everyone is counted. Everyone belongs. And everyone has a role to play. This is emphasized in the opening portions of the book of Bamidbar. This is emphasized in the fact that Zvulun, Zvulun is the 
tribe that is connected with the month of Sivan, the month in which we celebrate receiving the Torah. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So what's so special about Shabbos being Erev Rosh this month of Sivan? We know when Shabbos is Erev Rosh we read a special Haftarah. And the Haftarah that we read is the story of Jonathan and David. Machar Chodesh and Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is Chodesh and you will be absent from the table at my father King Saul's royal table. It's a fascinating story. It's a story of, well, such incredible love of one for another. Jonathan was the, well, the heir of Saul. But Jonathan knew that David was destined to become king of Israel. And David was the chosen of God to replace his father's soul. Now normally, Jonathan would, would fight to retain the throne, but Jonathan didn't. Out of his great faith and his love for David, Jonathan was prepared to forgo any right or claim to the throne to ensure that his dear friend David would receive the monarchy, as God willed, as the prophet Samuel said. What's so special about this story is not only a story of two friends and a love that surpasses any type of personal bias and personal gain or personal benefit, but it talks to us about something which is, well, a bit rare in the world that we live in. And that is a unity that is there for no other cause other than unity itself. One of the great things that happened before Matan Torah is that we are told, Vayichan Yisrael Neged Hahar, that the Jewish people camped opposite the mountain. And our sages point out, it says, Vayichan, in the singular term, they camped as one. Keish Echad, the Lev Echad, there was absolute unity. And that brought about, that brought the merit that enabled Matan Torah, revelation at Sinai, the giving of Torah to take place. Unity. Unity is something which is difficult to achieve, but absolutely necessary. A type of unity which transcends differences, which transcends needs, which transcends, well, whatever well, I'll be friendly to so-and-so because I'll benefit in one way or another. Unity, in the truest sense of the word, transcends all those things. Ke'ish echad, literally, as one person with one heart. When we connect in Torah and with Torah, that is precisely what happens. When we live in a world where we all have different needs and different realities and different desires we calculate our relationships based upon those differences and we try and work out what's best for us we're sometimes manipulative we sometimes scheme we sometimes do things that we shouldn't in order to bring about the best 
possible benefit for ourselves. The story of Jonathan and David tells us that there's something which is far greater, far more noble, something which lasts, something which is real, something which is permanent, something which is pure and holy. The story of the Jewish people camping in front of the mountain before Matan Torah tells us the same thing. And this is what the world needs today, to learn that lesson. And interestingly enough, this is the year of Hakel, the year of assembly, the year of unity. It's there, it's possible. We're able to achieve it. We're able to bring about this tremendous sense of unity. It's not easy. Because after all, we are biased creatures. We have our personal views, our personal needs, our personal desires, our personal wants. But we have to work in one way or another to create a sense of wholeness, a sense of belonging. This is what the Shabbos teaches us, Erev the story of David and Jonathan. And it comes in the week right before Matan Torah. As I said, this coming Thursday night is Shavuot. This coming Friday is the first day of Shavuot. When everybody, men, women, children, doesn't matter. No gender, no age, everyone should be in shul to hear the Ten Commandments. There is no difference. The scholar, the unlettered person, every individual belongs Every individual should be there. Every individual has a role to play, an important role to play, and the participation of each and every single individual is vital. It's a month, as I mentioned earlier on, of Ziv, of the incredible radiance of Torah, the light and warmth which permeates this month, a light that dispels the doubt of darkness, it brings about clarity and truth, a warmth that gives us security and brings us together. It's a time that each and every one of us understands there's something greater, there's a truth, there's a permanence, and there's a purpose. So when you're in shul tomorrow, first of all, when you bless the month, make sure you keep in mind all those things. And keep in mind all those blessings that you ask for yourself. When you hear the Parsha, well, as I always say, listen to those words that speak to you, that tell you what you have to hear. And of course, listen to the Haftarah. It's a magnificent story. It's a beautiful story. It talks to the very essence of our Neshama, of our souls. It talks to unity. It's a time of preparation. And this coming week, use it correctly. Use it as a time that brings us closer to the inner meaning of what Shavuot is all about. And may we receive the Torah with simcha and pnimiyut, with joy and with inwardness, with a tremendous sense of purpose and belonging. Good Shabbos.